you know, sleep deprivation is very good for business. Like sleep deprivation actually kills the perfectionist and it gets you moving quickly. And, you know, I'm not going to say that like a, you know, life hack and a productivity hack is to have kids, but it kind of is. And so, you know, sleep deprivation, that's one thing that I noticed is that the perfectionism, because I'm a recovering perfectionist, but the perfectionism is gone because you just can't like, you can't wait on things and you just got to keep going. This is Super Fast Business with James Schramko. James Helping you build your business super fast. James Franco here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 834. And I'm chatting to my good buddy, Steve Mastrioni, the rock star. How are you going, buddy? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me, James. It's always a pleasure. It's easy to get on the show. You just have to publish a book. And... If you're a member of Superfast Business, then that's even easier because we have a relationship. I love what you do. Of course, we met back at Ryan Levesque's Ask Master Class in Texas. You were one of the instructors. We had a good bond then. You, you went on to join my community, Superfast Business. You published your first book about helping guitar players play better guitar. What was that called again? So Practice Less, Play More. Got a nice ring to that. Love it. We talked about it on episode 642, but that was a while ago now. And uh, you've been busy in between producing a family, lots of kids, kids everywhere. How many kids are you, you up to? Up to three. I still have some catching up to do, uh, to do. You, but I think I'm going to take care of things. Uh, so that, yeah, I think we cap it at three over here. We had twins. See, you didn't have twins, right? So twins trumps. That's like four kids, basically. I can imagine. Like, I don't know. If, is there any diminishing return or is it just two of everything? <laughs> It's, you know what, it's more than two. It's actually, it's like one plus one equals like five. Everything's crazy. And they're boys, two twin boys, right? So everything is crazier. Oh, full of energy. Yeah. Yeah. I've got three boys and I know what's involved. But Lucy must be a vacation though, um, after all those boys. Oh yeah. It's like, uh, she's a dream. Just a perfect child. <laughs> so awesome. Just two and it's like an absolute pleasure. Uh, of course, you can't have favorite kids. But this time around, I'm in a different situation. And, you know, that's one of the goals of this podcast, without rambling too much. What you and I are talking about here is a lifestyle transition. In my case, I was young when I started having kids and I had a job and I did the whole career thing, as many listeners would know. And then later on, I was able to leave that to work on my own business. Now, the reason we're talking today is I followed your journey from when I met you to publishing a book, helping people in the niche you're in. And now you've published a book that is to go a little bit broader and it's more or less to help everyone make money from their hobby. So I'm going to put my sort of surfing hat on today and think if I didn't have everything I've got, if I was just going around life like a regular Joe, I'm looking at your book with that sort of lens. Okay, I love surfing. What would be the steps? Now, the book's called Hobby Boss. And the website will reference is hobbybossbook.com. I like to get that in early because people listening to this show are real action takers and they're just, they're going to go and buy your book. I bought it on Amazon, even though you sent it to me for review. Thank you so much. Uh, just to support you. And I shared it with my audience because there's a lot of people in the regular world who still don't know about this whole information, online business product world that we're in. So the purpose of this episode is just to go through some of the nuts and bolts to supplement what someone might, um, firstly, to interest someone enough to get the book. I'm not an affiliate or anything. I just really believe in having opportunities beyond what you're experiencing now, as you have. 
you pretty much wrote this book while you were rocking your twins to sleep on your phone in a Google app. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It was right actually down here, like in this in this chaos over here. I had my son Alex, um, so twin boys, Alex and Mikey, and Alex would be on my shoulder, and I was basically on my iPhone just with my thumb, just writing the book. I mean, it was I zoomed out to see myself doing that. And I just knew that I'd be talking about it as just a ridiculous situation, but happy to do it for sure. I'd say a great deal of the way that I operate now is via a phone and usually via dictate, which is probably harder if you have a sleeping baby or if you, you know, if, if everyone's trying to be quiet. But I, I do most of my work. And a fun fact on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I don't come into this room because those four days this room is not occupied. And it's only on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in this you know COVID environment where I'm actually living at home a lot because normally I'm traveling as well, but three days a week where I produce content like this podcast. And then the rest of the time, it's just phone, you know, dictating forum posts, checking a message thing. I think the big point here is we're in a world where we don't really have the excuse that we need a big office. You talk about this in the book. You don't really need an office. You don't really even need a logo or a big business name. You don't need business cards. Even if you've got twins and they're young, even if you've got other things you need to do, and I've watched you under pressure a few years back, you know, you had impending doom situation of, yes. hey, uh, you know, it reflected on, on my own situation. It wasn't quite enough coming in to cover where I was at before I had the kid and I could see it just getting worse. So you stepped up using a phone, using a device, you've created something. Now tell me, what is this book for? Why did you make this book? Yeah, it's a great question because what's very strange about it is when I started my business, Rockstar Mind, in 2014, so I was my father's primary caregiver. He was diagnosed with uh, stage four colon cancer. And speaking of high pressure situation, I gave up my dream of being a rock star and I took care of him because my father was always my number one fan. And so uh, I took care of him and I also just couldn't sit and do one thing. I needed to, number one, I needed some kind of creative escape to manage, you know, just the mental health aspect of it, but also I needed to pay rent. And so what's interesting is, well, first of all, I went to, instead of thinking about all these new skills that I have to develop, I went straight to my existing hobby. Um, well, I wouldn't say necessarily a hobby because guitar was my career, but I went to something that could be regarded as a hobby and I wanted to monetize that. And so I looked at guitar, but the funny thing is, is that I looked at that. So Rockstar Mind started as a guitar coaching company, but it was also from day one a guinea pig to teach people like I knew that I was going to learn online business through Rockstar Mind through the guitar side of things and then eventually find all the formulas and the frameworks and systematize it so that I could eventually teach it even from day one I knew that and so every single thing that I did with Rockstar Mind from the beginning was to model it so that I could eventually teach it and so you know years later when life just took me out through all these different uh, it was just a roller coaster ride basically I kept coming back like in and out of Rockstar Mind and and actually, when we're talking about my first book, Practice Less, Play More, you know, you had a really, really big part in inspiring my book, Practice Less, Play More, the title and the, just in general doing a book. And I actually doubled my business that following year. So after that podcast that we recorded that episode, I doubled my business and that gave me a lot of confidence. And I knew that I needed to share this information, like what worked for me and especially for startups where it's really hard to find information all in one place. And so again, this idea of being able to share these frameworks, being able to share these things that worked in simple language, like not any jargon or just in simple language, let's just lay it all out. Here's how to do it. 
Here's what worked for me and for my clients. And as I was writing it, you know, the pandemic hit and, you know, we had twins in February and we were already on lockdown even before COVID. Like we were done. We were here. We were locked down before COVID hit. But in 2020, I doubled my business again. And it was because of a lot of the things that I picked up from 2019 and leveraging the book. And it's not that you need to have a book, but it was just being able to focus on something and also have a really strong purpose. I knew that in order for Hobby Boss to be really effective and help a lot of people make the biggest impact, I needed to do my best work in the guitar space so that I could then show people, here's how to do it. Here's how to do it. It's not as hard as you think. There's it still takes a lot of work, but it's worth it because you're doing what you love. And um, just that opportunity to share it with people is what really lights me up. Like if I was just to do it myself and just stay in the guitar space, it'd be okay. But what really lights me up is being able to share those with other people and help them to achieve the same things in their lives. Because not everybody is wired the same way I am. Because like for me, like you said, with stress, I can respond to it. Even <laughs> leading up to this book launch, it was a very stressful situation and just at home over here. But being able to step up and kind of push through that and get to a whole other level, kind of forcing simplicity and efficiency, I needed to get this book out because I knew how impactful it would be for people who just don't know how to control their financial future, like how to add new sources of revenue. A lot of people don't know and they always look to someone else for that. So when you can empower yourself by having, even if it's 500 extra dollars, like I heard, I can't remember where I read it, but even 500 extra dollars per month for some people is life-changing. So to be able to do that and not look at additional training as far as like getting some certification or something, just look to something that you already can do and already have a passion for. I think that it's a really, really cool thing to be able to do that, but also to be able to share that and see other people achieve that for themselves. Yeah, definitely. So much in what you just said there. I just want to touch on those before we move too far on. Firstly, yes, this is really suitable for a startup. And I don't really deal with startups that often. I don't cover it that much because it's the most frustrating part by far to come up with the, well, firstly, the Holy Grail is an offer that converts, but to get to that stage, there's so many baptisms of fire and, and trials and a lot of people won't make it, let's face it. So I tend to focus on people who are already past that phase yeah. for my coaching. So I'd love to bring in some supporting materials for that. Now, there are other options out there. I saw a course launching recently at the time of recording this. I think the course was $2,000. There was an associated membership for a couple hundred dollars on top of that. And one of the people posting in a group about this was saying, should I get a business card loan for this course? And, I'm, and then other people saying, you know, I'm praying for you. And I'm just thinking, this is insanity. Yeah. That someone that's like, that person definitely $500 is going to be life-changing. Yeah. But to get to the 500, I think they think they need to spend $4,000. Yeah. Then they're going to find they're going to need other costs. Like this is not a free type of business. There are costs, right? Incidental costs, whether it's your email, your website, etc. So what I like about your book is it's just super easy access for a few dollars. You get the blueprint and you cover things I didn't even expect to be in there. One of my favorite ones was how to deal with trolls. And you posted a fabulous <laughs> screenshot. I love trolls. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you do. I don't like trolls at all. Generally, and I'm sure I shouldn't say that on a podcast, but thankfully I don't get many, which is good. Usually if you run Facebook ads, you're going to get some negative comments. But I do understand that when people put these negative comments, they're really mostly just expressing something about themselves. It's revealing about themselves. And one of your funny ones was someone trolling your guitar practice book. And they was just saying how that a guitar practice book is such a scam and that they've been practicing since they're 11 and it's 16 years down the track and they still play like crap. And then someone else pointed out, well, you kind of answered your own thing there. Totally. Then he realized it. But I'm sure they're not all that easy to deal with. And I can see 
one way you've coped with pressure is you've certainly focused on helping others from your father through to, you know, how I met you, you were a coach in someone else's group and you also use humor. You're quite funny. And I think you use humor as, as your release. And I bet, I'm willing to bet you play a low guitar to get it out of your system. Maybe, you know, your guitar is probably like my surfing. Based on what I can see from when we're recording here, that looks kind of like a basement setup or whatever. But how important is it for people to know when they're going to start something that it is inevitable, that it's not going to just be handed to them and that their responsibility cannot be placed on someone else. You can't just pay someone the money and they'll do it all for you. It has to come from within and it's going to be tough. It's really going to get slapped and kicked and punched in the face metaphorically by trying to start a business. It's, it's just, I mean, it's very rare someone just hits a home run out of the gates. What do you think? For sure. Yeah, 100%. You know, resilience is definitely the number one skill to have. I think that the music industry gave me some really, really good training for resilience, like really thick skin. You hear no all the time. And so that definitely was good prep. You know, and it's funny because you mentioned that you don't focus on startups like you usually people are further down the, the track and there are and you do great work. So when I was starting, I found a lot of mentors and coaches that did the same thing. And so I couldn't find somebody who's focusing on startups. So I had to kind of piece together all these different things. And, you know, any of the advice that I would receive from people, not you, because we met further down the line, but some people would, they would just say like, nah, you know what, from zero to six figures, you just have to hustle. And it reminded me of what I hear in the guitar space, which is practice, practice, practice. It's like, um, sort of like shrugging off kind of comment of just like practice, 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 where that's like, that's not really advice. That's, that doesn't even work. And so it's almost defeatist, isn't it? Yeah. So defeatist. I don't want to imply defeatism here. What I do want to point out is the people I'm seeing posting are almost having this sort of Pollyanna expectation that it's done and dusted. They'll pay the money. So buying a book doesn't get you a business. No, no, it doesn't. You've got to execute. You have to execute. Fast action for sure. Quick and dirty. And also, like I said, the resilience. This is one of the things I put inside the book is a damage plan. So basically, mm-hmm. you have to prepare that things aren't going to work out. Like yeah. you can be ahead of that, be proactive and say like, okay, well, if this happens, like if my hard drive fails, here's how I'm going to take care of it. Step one, step two, step three. And for example, if someone trolls my post, here's how I'm going to take care of it. Step one, step two, step three. And so you have to expect that that's going to happen. Like one of the shifts that you make, the identity shift that you make as a hobby boss, as an entrepreneur, just in general, is that you're responsible for every dollar that you make, at least at the beginning. And even if you have someone help you out, you're still responsible for masterminding the whole thing for the vision. And I mean, it's a very different mindset where, you know, if you just show up and do the work that a lot of people think that like with a job, well, you show up and do the work, you get a paycheck, but this is different. You know what I mean? There could be salesless days for weeks, right? Look, I'm dealing with some employee types and I'm transitioning them into my world. And it's fascinating. One of them was my Monday guy. Every Monday, he'd be like, tell me again about what you do. He just hated going to work on Monday and then wanted to escape. So it was all an away motivation. And then when he finally quit, I'm having to untangle him from these horrific things like hours or him just clocking off on the weekend. I'm like, dude, your business will be something you might need to think about even when you're not there because it's there 24-7, like change of mindset. Really interesting also in the book, you have come up with a technique of helping yourself out, which I think is leveraging off some of the classics, you know, stuff way back from Maxwell Maltz, but using some technology to enhance that. You make little videos for yourself. Could you talk about that? Yeah. You know, what's funny is I was having this conversation. I came up with this idea speaking with a member of Superfast Business, actually, um, with Janet. 
we were talking about this and I just got this idea that, okay, so you get motivation from different people and they say like, you know, it's okay. It's going to be fine. Like it's going to work out or whatever the motivation is. And they're all, you know, it's great intentions. But what I started doing is like, okay, well on those days where I feel really, really good, like, you know, I did a thousand dollar day or whatever it might be. Just, I made, I closed a sale or it's not always financial, but you have a really good day, really productive, whatever it might be. And I record a video for myself looking at the camera and I'm saying like, Steve, this is awesome. I show myself how good it can be like this was I got so much done and it's possible. And even though you have, you know, three kids and you have different stressors, you can definitely do this. And, um, you know, I'm proof and just to see so on a bad day, putting that video on and hearing it from me is a very strange thing. Like it's like it, it flips a switch where it's like, oh, wait a second. I'm like communicating with myself at multiple levels. And yeah, I haven't had to use it that much. I'm happy about that. It's there if I need it. This is all part of the damage plan. So it's there if I need it. I've got a safety net like that. Yeah. It reminds me of when I was a high performer in my job and I reached a goal. One of the goals was when I'm an owner of a motor dealership or a general manager, I get a Rolex Daytona. And when I was able to get it, even though they were sold out for years, I managed to manifest one like within a day or two. And I'm not like a big believer in the secret, but the way I manifested is I told my friend, oh, I've achieved my reward now, but they're actually sold out. And he said, oh, I'll speak to my friend. He can probably help out. And I said, who's your friend? He said, he's the managing director of Rolex Australia. And I said, wow. fantastic. And he had one sent to the store near us. Anyway, I purchased it. But from then on, I had this anchor. It was on my wrist as a permanent reminder, much like you could tie a piece of string as a reminder. That Rolex was my reminder to myself that I'd made it to the top of the pile that I've got that. And even before that, there was this incident in about 1995 when I was 23 years old. I had a baby coming along the way. You can really relate to this, I'm sure, Steve. And I got fashion shamed by a, a client. I was there in the showroom and this guy said to me, and I'd been told a lot, you know, you're too young to be selling BMW by clients. You know, these were older than me, like twice my age, pretty much the average client. And he was nice tie and the wife reaches over, grabs it, turns it, and she sees Target and throws it back in my chest and says, no, it's not. <laughs> so oh so I actually went up to the fashion store and I spent $220 on a Jeeves and Hawks Savile Row tie. From that day on, I basically started getting ornaments or artifacts or trophies that would remind me of my power. It was like I became unmesswithable. I had a $400 tie, you know. When I became a sales manager. That troll experience, see, this is how this is how you flip it, right? That troll experience of the girl grabbing the tie, that yeah. she trolled you. She trolled me. You take that experience and actually what's interesting, the trolls are, are very powerful. That it's not that you take it personally necessarily. You realize that that's hurting conversions, right? They spot things. They have an amazing ability to spot things that if a few people are talking about it, even if they're like, you know, if they talk about it like aggressively, sometimes that also just will demonstrate it. it's like, whoa, wait a second. You know, if she caught that thing, maybe other people are seeing that but not saying anything because they're being too polite yeah. but maybe that's why i didn't convert yeah so it actually gets you to rethink things now it's always up to you whether or not you make the change or not and it's up to you if you get hurt by it or not for sure you know for sure i didn't have the resources to process that back then as i have now I'm, obviously i'm way more confident i'm established i've achieved a lot of the things i want I, if someone fashion shame me now i just feel sorry for them because they don't really know <sighs> sure. me yeah or i wouldn't put too much 
because I'm actually not trying to impress them. Exactly. Uh, like my friend Ezra says, you know, the lie these companies tell you is that you're imperfect unless you have their solution, right? Yeah. So as I sit here in bare feet and a t-shirt, yeah. you know, an organic cotton t-shirt. I, yeah, and look at this fame, look at this professional uh, set that I've, I've got over here, right? I can't help but think it's really not that, you know, and, and I'm not wearing a watch anymore. I yeah. generally won't. So it's really about using that energy, using that yeah. thing. And, and I agree. When I have a client leave my membership or whatever, I'll ask why and how can I improve? Yeah. It is hard to ask, how can I improve? Because you know they might answer with something that's unpalatable. Yeah. However, it caused them to leave and I want to plug that hole in the bucket. And, exactly. and if you do that for 10 years, you boost your attention and you actually deliver a better service. So if you go back to what you're trying to do here is if you can, you know, like that cheesy old saying, you get what you want if you help other people get what they want. Yeah. If you turn your hobby into something that more people can enjoy. And I just spoke to a client of mine this morning. He started a Pokemon channel. He loves it. And he's, he's just about to hit 40,000 subscribers and it's almost brand new. Amazing. And he just loves it. But he's helping these people enjoy their passion and their hobby. He's leveraging his love into more people loving it. It can't help but flow back onto him. Other people are sending him stuff now. He's getting quite famous from it. It's like if you get through the tough bits for the hobby, yes, you're going to have some obstacles, but you can expect them. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Expect them. Don't be shocked or surprised when they come Expect them and say, hello, I recognize you. Totally. And here's a little interesting thing. Every single, I almost say fun fact, because it's all through your book and it's stuck. But fun fact, every time I've purchased a property or whatever, there's always been obstacles. There's always been an unofficial auction or something changed or there was a, where it's like always difficult. And I always smile because I know there it this is. is the little challenge I'm expecting. Here's the challenge. Yeah, here's the one. Yep. Here you are. Yeah. This is the barrier. This is the moat that keeps everyone else out. So celebrate the difficulty yeah. because if it was so easy, then it would just level out. Like yeah. you'd have 300 million Americans would have their own hobby business succeeding yeah. because it's so easy. And then it's commoditized and homogenized and it's back to zero. It's great that it has a barrier to entry. It's so great exactly. because that's actually, it's empowering for you as the business owner, because you know that as long as you just develop a bit of resilience, like you just like, like doing a bicep curl, you just like strengthen that muscle. As long as you do that, a lot of the filtration is going to happen automatically because a lot of people can't handle it. So, you know, I wasn't always strong like that. I wasn't, I didn't always let things you know sleep deprivation is very good for business like sleep deprivation actually kills the perfectionist and it gets you moving quickly and you know i'm not going to say that like a you know a life hack and a productivity hack is to have kids but it kind of is and so you know sleep deprivation that's one thing that i noticed is that the perfectionism because i'm a recovering perfectionist but the perfectionism is gone because you just can't like you can't wait on things and you just got to keep going so things start to like brush off and the perfectionist is the one very often who will take things personally and really obsess over things and yeah, this got to be like quick and dirty, you know, like just got to move forward, minimum viable, just get things going. And then once it's tangible, once it's out of your head, then you can start to mold it. But like you said, expect the challenges and welcome them. Parenting, man. There is absolutely no way I would have the life I have now if I didn't have kids. Yeah. No way. I wanted to quit my job several times, but I just couldn't. Like my boss lied to me about the pay. I think it worked almost two months straight, 38 days straight on my, when I started before I had a day off. I wore through the soles of my shoes and couldn't afford new ones because he told me I'd get a pay rise, which didn't come. He wouldn't even give me the day off for the birth of my child, oh my which I took anyway. Yeah. 
the kids, they hold you in more than you could. So basically they, they up the responsibility. That's the short answer. Yeah. They make you a lot more responsible than you could be as a single person or, or not, you know, without having kids. And I'm not prescribing every listener go out and have kids. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm saying parent to parent. I know you find that baseline of you underneath all the rest because when you've absolutely exhausted when you're responsible for this little human for the next 20 plus years, like that's a power of, of responsibility you just can't prepare for easily. Okay, so a couple of other things. Are we going to get rich off our hobby? You do cover that in the book. What's your thoughts? Getting rich from it? Yeah, you're going to make money. Yeah. It's, it's something people naturally ask, you know. Okay, for sure, for sure. You know, Steve, I'm sold. I'm going to get this hobby boss book. This will be a classic one. Can I just take the hobby that I've got now and get rich from it? Or, you know, because I noticed reading the book, there's actual work involved. You actually have to speak to customers. You've got to find out the language they're using. Obviously, you're drawing a lot of that from the training you and I have both been through. Yes. And you may have to create your offer around an actual need rather than your desire to sell something. which is 100%. quite scary news for some people. For sure. And, you know, there's some work involved in there where also there's two key questions as well. Number one is, well, okay, so it doesn't, no particular order, but basically you have to know also that if by monetizing your hobby, if it's going to affect your passion for the hobby. So like, for example, if you love something, if you turn it into a business, then that actually might tarnish your relationship with the hobby. So, you know, you have to be clear about that, but there's a way to do it where, you know, you just have to, um, this is why moving fast is actually a really good thing because you get to test some things. And, but also if you're into some weird, like obscure hobby, you do have to do some research to make sure that there's some other stuff going on. Like you have to find some competitors in the market just to kind of, they did a lot of the work for you to prove that there is a market there. And then you find, your own you know you carve out your own space but making sure that it's something that you actually want to do like and a lot of people they like the idea of something but like in chapter six you really want to picture what your life will be like like if you're making extra ten thousand dollars a month then you know what's your life going to look like with ten thousand dollars a month and what's going to be required to get that ten thousand dollars a month what are you prepared to do to get that yeah and will you pay the price yeah it's not going to come easy. No. You, know, you have to do the work. You have to show up and do the work. I've talked about this before, but you know, the reason I started my business entity was I was gifted half a business. One of my rich clients was going to give me half his motorcycle franchise. He had three stores and I went to meet with him and his wife. And at the time I was earning about $265,000 in wage plus superannuation, which is a 401k and plus two company cars and a laptop and a phone. And they could probably pay me 120000 if I took on this thing and it was a bit of a risk because, you know, he seemed like he was pretty frugal, but anyway, the wife just looked at me and she goes, what are you prepared to sacrifice? And I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah. no, I'm not prepared to half or even a third really when you consider benefits to be in bed with uh, this, but, but my financial advisors and it's really worth spending money to get good due diligence. They said, you can't take this deal because they also have a construction company which if it goes broke, it's just going to set this business on fire. Anyway, I drove past that building last week. It's not there anymore. It's been converted into residential unit blocks. So I think I dodged a bullet there, but... 100%, 100%. My point is, I decided at the time, I was not prepared to pay the price for that outcome. And here's a nice saying I saw the other day. If you want to increase your luck, then increase your surface area towards luck, like more opportunities. Like you said, move fast. 
push a few buttons, see what happens and be less perfect about it and you'll find it. I've actually tried and started more businesses and information products and things in, since I've been online than most people will ever do in their lifetime. Yeah. And you only see the ones that are left. Yes. The super fast business, Silver Circle, there's some, you know, a bunch of revenue shares in the background that you can't see, but they're there like an iceberg, which is, you know, my predominant thing these days. That's what's left, yeah. you know, a handful of domain names here and there that I sell. And the rest, I just turn it off. Yeah, You're going to have to experiment with this a bit, but your yeah. guide is just great because you're going to eliminate the learning curve. It's an 80-20 yeah. blueprint with great perspective. You know, I haven't seen some of the things you mentioned in that book anywhere and i read lots and lots of books i'm very interested in the topic um most interested in the success of my students which is why we interact and i just get thrilled to see this happen thank you a couple of other things just because you're so strong with marketing can you just talk a little bit about us versus them this you know choosing an enemy slash storytelling because it seems to be an element missing from most of the offers that I look at when I'm coaching people. They just have these bland, anemic, little regurgitated pages that are never, ever going to sell a thing ever in a million years. No. What's some of the fundamentals? Great question. And you're absolutely right. Like things just blend in with each other. It's like the banner blindness. Like and it's almost like people who are afraid to show any personality and any warmth. You know, I get messages from people who say, oh my God, I can't believe that you replied back to me. And it's just like, whoa, this is so crazy. It's all, like, it makes me cringe that other companies treat them just like a number. And so I bring people into my life. Like, you know, I talk about my kids puking all over me and then segue, smoothly segue into a pitch um, for, for something that I'm talking about. Like making, let's just say, making a mess and then it's just like you know a lot of guitar players make a mess when they're practicing figuratively by doing blah 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 whatever the, the segues but it's pulling people in to a real story like people need real life i mean like there's enough sterility like this is an it's cold online already just the digital world is cold and so we got to add some warmth to it and so by being real this is why i love it so back to what we were talking about, about the price that you're willing to pay. You know, a very interesting thing is that when you go through chapter six and the ideal outcome that you want, when you think about it, you don't need to have $10,000 a month. You don't need to expect that it's going to be a huge business. Just start off and get things going. And then when you start making those sales, what's going to happen? What's very interesting. And I experienced this back in 2017, where I actually sacrificed a pretty damn good consulting gig for pretty much half the pay. But I was much happier because I was doing something that I love that if you can pay or if you get paid, let's say 2000 or 3000 you get that revenue in $3000 a month you could be happier with that doing what you love and creating and doing anything that you want to do in your own business rather than working a job that maybe pays 5 or $10000 and so there's this, this interesting thing that happens because when you're doing what you love and you actually realize the freedom that you can work when you want to you can do all those fun things that you see with that laptop lifestyle you know i i need to rely on the laptop lifestyle when it came to uh having twins just like just navigating this past year and i just wanted to touch on that because it could scare people away to, to hear about some of the successes that maybe we've experienced. And when you're starting out and, you know, you hear this, it just seems like a mountain, like it's like Mount Everest away. And when you're starting, I'm telling you, when you make that first sale, you know, I still celebrate the first sale of every promotion because it's special. And when you see that your ideas can turn into dollars, it's an incredible feeling. If you've never experienced it before, it's an incredible feeling. And so as far as the marketing goes, the reason why that sort of ties in is because the excitement that you gain from this, you start to open up, you start to show 
show more of yourself. And when you show more of yourself and you help people, you always want to be serving your customer. Like you always want to be helping them achieve their result. Like you said that when you help other people get what they want, you get what you want. But it's like this feedback loop that the more that they get what they want, they're going to keep buying. And then you're going to keep wanting to serve more. And just it keeps going, going. And then you come up with an idea. Oh my God, this would be so great if I could do this. And you don't have anybody to ask. It's just you. And you just go and do it. That's an incredibly empowering experience. And I really like, that's probably what keeps me hooked into it is that part never gets old. It's also a great reason not to have partners if you can avoid it. hundred percent. That was one of the most liberating thing when I changed the structure of one of my communities from a partnership back to my own ship. It's like I hated anything that resembled like having to go back to the boss. Revenue share deal is different because it's really someone else's business and I'm the smaller partner in that. And I totally respect their authority, their, you know, their ability to make their own creative choices. I'm just guiding them. So I feel more like a navigator. Yeah, and you're both already established. In that scenario, both are established. Right? I think they're called a statistician, right? Yeah. They can be the skipper. I'm just a statistician. And uh, we both go on the journey together. But I've still got my own business. You know, it's important. I think because you've come from a music background, you've got a lot more experience with this self-identity, creativity, lack of um, restrictions and controls. Yeah. And some of the people who are in a bureaucratic large organization will have had most of the soul beaten out of them to the point where some of them don't even realize it anymore. Like some of the fellows I'm working with are so soulless and sold into the way of how things are supposed to run. They don't even know like I also categorize the bulk of people I used to work with in the motor dealership still doing exactly the same thing in exactly the same place or maybe two or three dealerships since then. And they don't know it. They just don't know they're doing this. So I think the intent for this episode is to let us all have a think, no matter where we're at, whether we're a startup already established, because even if you're established, and I was just speaking to one of my partners today about this, there's still plenty of opportunities for you to have that second thing or a third thing. I mean, you did a book on guitar playing and here you are doing a book on how you can have your own hobby. So you didn't just say, oh, well, I'm done. It's like once you get the vibe for that, and if you like the first sale, Steve, if you enjoy making your own sales, then one day when you sell your business, you're going to be like pretty delighted that that thought could turn into a chunk of cash in your bank account or an ongoing revenue stream. It's like absolutely mind-blowing. And I think you can pair these ideas. In fact, one of the only startups that I've really promoted and endorsed is the people who are helping people buy and renovate and do up websites. Because online property is still hot and there's still a big gap between people who are good at this and people who are not. And it's a great way to build up your own business. Now, if you combine that concept with building a hobby, you could literally do something like I helped a friend of mine do. He was telling me, this guy is really into a technical field, but he loves woodworking. It's like me, I'm a business coach slash surfer. And he's telling me he was disappointed because his accountant wouldn't let him claim his woodworking tools on his tax return. I said, well, why don't you go and buy a woodworking website or buy a domain and set up a website? And now it's a business. And he goes, oh my God, that's the best idea ever. Yeah, I love that. So he went on to Flipper. He bought a woodworking site. He's using his technical expertise to tune it up. So it actually makes money anyway. So good. And he's building a business around his hobby. I imagine he could buy your book follow the instructions and develop it further. So if if anyone's into the build and develop websites, then the hobby boss is going to be a good book for you. If you don't, 
if you just want to start from scratch, go and get the book. I'm going to be sending people to this episode when they come to me and they're not ready for some of the things I do. Cool. Thank you. I want to say Steve's the guy. I appreciate it. And you know, He's a member of our community. What's very interesting, one more thing about that is that even a step, like I still look at the book and I need the reminders. You know, what's funny is entrepreneurs can be so stubborn and so, you know, we're set in our ways or we're looking for the shiny thing, but we forget the simple things that got us to this place in the first place. Or well, we get expert error. Exactly. Expert error is when we think we know all our stuff and we switch off from learning yeah. and optimizing. Yeah. I was talking to a client this morning. This guy's making about $5 million a year. And him and I were just talking about how we're in the greatest learning and innovation phase of our career. Now, now. not when we both had a job or had to change into our own business. He got punted from his job. I don't know if that's an expression in North America that means sacked. Uh, well, I just hang with enough enough people from Australia. Terminated. I know, yeah, punted. Yeah, yeah, punted. Yeah. good. So anyway, in my case, I left willingly. <laughs> Couldn't wait to. Yeah. But the point is, if you think it's all going to be up front, but I'd say the advantage now, especially in a post-pandemic scenario, there's a lot more people flooding into the market. Get yourself the right tools. Get yourself the right educator. You don't have to just make videos for yourself. If you like making videos, make them for me in super fast business coaching and I'll make them back. The other thing is, you know, create anchors, create rituals. We had Todd Herman talking about that sort of stuff too. Give yourself the mental tools to push through. Give yourself the guidance. So I love the book. Thank you for sending it to me. I've also bought it. I appreciate it. I really think this is the sort of thing I could give to family and friends who are just starting out and say, here's a good blueprint. It's so easy to read. It's got some humor in there. You've definitely got the runs on the board because you've got the anecdotes that go with the stories that you've already learned from experience. Like, you know, that time you get trolled and so forth. Thanks for coming along and sharing, Steve, as always. Thanks so much, James. So this is Steve Mastrioni, hobbybossbook.com. It's available from all good Amazons near you <laughs> and probably on the website. And keep doing it. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you come up with next, but I, I know you've got that hunger. And by the way, just from one business operator to another, one of the things that was quite touching in your book is that you mentioned after you quiz your customers about their needs and all that, Make sure you spend a bit of time with them after that, helping them with whatever they need help with. That's the kind of generous attitude that's got you where you are today. And it's what's missing from a lot of marketers. So I like your heart-centered values and I resonate strongly with those. And so on behalf of all of your people who you've been serving, we want to thank you for that too. Thank you so much. All right. This is episode 834. We're going to put the full transcription up available at superfastbusiness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other ones we've done, and if you haven't already, I'd appreciate a review. An honest review is fine at wherever you leave reviews, maybe Apple, so forth, and share it with your friends who needs to hear this episode. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com.